welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast. I am your HIV positive host, Miss Jennifer Lee Vaughn. I need to come up with a different intro. I'm just like, it's like, I don't even have to think about it. I just say the same thing every time. Maybe that's what you're supposed to do. I don't know. Anyways, I am having a nice relaxing Tuesday right now. I'm off from work until next Monday. I am not doing anything really too productive except um, podcasting, I guess, but um, I'll be going back to work next Monday doing summer school and I will be a teacher for a class. It's called post-secondary, meaning these are um, special ed kids that um, have graduated from high school. So it's kind of like a life skills class and I'll be working with Gosh, I don't know. I always wonder if I've talked about things before. I don't know. I guess I just probably told somebody else about this, but um, I'll be working with the same staff that I worked with last summer. Last summer, I was actually just a sub um, for the program. They had a a doctor. They had a teacher that was out with COVID, and so I was able to cover a bunch of days, and we just all really worked well together. It was a great group, and I'll probably have a lot of the same kids, and it's just fun. We just like go on walks and Um, We'll be right by this uh, movie theater in town that does like a free movie on Tuesdays, I think. They do like fun movies, like G-rated. So we'll probably get to go to the movies on Tuesday, walk our kids there because we're really close um, by the movie theater. And um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And my kids are going to work at the Beach Boardwalk. Joey's already got a job there. She's going to be doing um, stocking. She doesn't want to be dealing with people. So she's doing all the behind the scenes work. She's really happy about that. Um, will really be like a, um, it'll like create a lot less anxiety, you know, and um, she deals with that a lot. So it's a, the perfect kind of job for her. And then Owen just applied yesterday for Whiting's Foods and it's, you know, at the boardwalk, it's not just jobs with the boardwalk. There's other companies that own spots at the boardwalk and there's some different food companies. I think, well, Whiting's is one of them. I don't know if there's more than Whiting's. I know it's the boardwalk has food. Whiting's has food. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's like Marianne's ice cream and candy, I think is there. So there are some different companies that own food. Um, you know, like, what do you call it? Oh, I can't think of the right word space. They have like, you know, space, the boardwalk. So he applied and I'm sure he'll get a call soon. This will be a first job for him and he's really excited, but some guys on his football team already work there. And so it was recommended by one of the moms like, yeah, this is a great company. She used to work for them when she was a teenager. So they have like, I think a little bit higher pay than the boardwalk does. Um, and so Owen's really looking forward to it. I think it's really good for him. So, and I'll have my house more available to me alone, which will be kind of nice, some solitude, but, um, so yeah, this week, um, I was just looking at my video where I talk about the top 10 reasons you think you might have HIV. It's an anxiety video that I did, um, probably about two years ago. And I was writing down, what I had said in the video and I do, I'm going to do a a podcast on it, but I'm not going to do that today because I wanted to spend just like an entire podcast on that. And right now I've just got some fun stories that I wanted to share instead. And I will do the anxiety video maybe because I have the time now, maybe I'll record it this week and put it out next. Um, I know I keep promising it, but I, and I don't even know how many of you that listen to me really care about it, but there are some people out there that will like it and I'm going to be able to refer them to the podcast, um, to hear it. It's a lot of the same information that I talk about in my video. It's called the top 10 reasons you think you have HIV. I think that's what I titled it. Um, so my first story this week, of course, my steer, my stories, my theories, my stories have to do with um, 
Tinder dates. What is new? Um, but the first one doesn't. The first one has to do with the gas station. Oh, Olive, hello. I didn't know you were up there. <laughs> I've got a kitty on my shelf here at my closet. I didn't even, she was being very quiet. Hi, honey. You gonna jump down? That's her. She's your Olive baby. She's climbing in her little bed. Um, so I went to go get gas the other day and I was at 7-Eleven and I got my gas and you know I have a camera on the back of my car and I've had this car since 2018 so four years now I'm going on the fourth year of having it and so I'm really used to looking in my camera on my dash to judge where I am right and before that of course I never had a camera I just drove a minivan and all that so you know how many times you like cut a curb like shortly like buy a car and you never hit the car you're always just like and you're not really you're thinking it's almost like it's impossible you know what I mean there's like times where you come close to objects while you're driving but you know how to judge how close to be and you never hit them right it's it does almost feel like it's impossible to run into things well I'm backing up and I see, you know, I have like a, a green area and then a yellow area and then a red area. It's very clear what those colors mean. And I'm, I don't know, I'm trying to turn around backwards because I want to go over to the McDonald's parking lot and get some coffee. And I see in my camera that there's a yellow pole that's, you know, there to probably stop cars from running into the gas pump. And I'm backing up and it's my passenger side back end is what's kind of close to it. And I'm looking at the camera and I'm like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm going to clear it. And sometimes the camera is a little off from reality, but I always think it's in my favor. So I completely misjudged it. And I thought I was, I thought it was maybe close, but I'm not going to hit it because you don't ever hit anything. I don't, you never hit anything. I fucking hit it. I hit it. And you know, it doesn't matter that you're going super slow. There's something that's stopped. That's not going to move and there's motion. So whatever's in motion is going to break. So I totally heard this crunch in the back end of my passenger side and I hit the brakes. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I hit it. I'm so embarrassed. There's like three people at the pumps. They all look over at me and I'm like, oh my God, I got to get the fuck out of here. I didn't even want to look because I was so embarrassed that I had done this. I had no idea what the damage was. No clue at all. I literally went over to McDonald's, <laughs> went through their drive-thru, still refusing to look at the back end. I'm just like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. And I'm thinking if I could just get away from those three people so they can't see me anymore, it's almost like it didn't happen. I, I don't want anybody to like um, be able to like, you know, like that moment. If I get away from it, then then everybody else will forget about it. And it maybe it won't even be there, honestly. So I go through the drive through at McDonald's. I'm drinking my coffee like everything's fine. I know it's fucking not, but I feel like it's going to be fine. I drive home. It's a mile home. And I'm like, well, I don't hear anything dragging. So um, I get home. Yes, I had. <sighs> I crunched part of my my light cover. So the plastic is definitely broken. Even part of like there's like sort of like a mirrored looking plastic inside. Part of that had fallen inside 
where the light is, the backlight. And then my bumper uh, has a brand new tear in it. Basically, kind of from the top part down, it's split. And it's also... Um, check this message really quick. Sorry, it could be a boy. You never know. What? Oh, he got it. Okay, good. Um, that was something unrelated to a boy. Anyway, I don't know why I say boys, but when they're 30 years old, I feel like it's weird for me to call them men, but you know what I mean? They're not boys. Anyway, I'll get to that later. Um, so, and then, so yeah, I split my bumper, like the, the plastic is actually split. And then part of the bumper was sticking out kind of behind the wheel well, where there's like almost like little puzzle pieces not puzzle pieces, but like you can see where you can kind of just like put it in and I sort of kicked it and shoved it back in there and it like snapped. Yeah, it like snaps back in place. Anyway, it needs to be fixed. I used some tape to kind of hold the split piece of plastic together. It's not that bad, but it like somebody <laughs> did say to me, oh, what happened to your car? I'm like, oh my God, it is noticeable. So I don't know. Chris is going to help me. I think we're going to, um, that's my kid's dad. Um, I think we're going to well, I think I can just order the cover for the back light. It's maybe like a hundred, hundred and fifty bucks. That's not too bad. Um, and Chris says he can fix the bumper with some, I don't know, something weld. I'm like, okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> anyway, what am I going to do? I, I did something else to my car too. That's not the only thing I've done. I feel like I did something else to it. Mm, no, maybe that was it maybe that was it. Anyway, it was kind of a bummer. Like that made me feel old. Honestly, I'm like, wow, I really fucking misjudged that. And it looked like I was like drunk or something. That's the thing that's so embarrassing. It's like, no, it was just that I really misjudged how close I was to that yellow, you know, pole sticking out of the ground. I really didn't think I was that close. Okay. Let's move on to, um, Tinder dates. Um, yeah, I've had, I've had some Tinder dates. There's one that I haven't really talked about and I'm still not going to say much about it um, because I like him and I don't want to say much about him. I'm just going to say that we had a really um, amazing, eh, I don't know, what can I say? Like I, no one owes me anything, you know, I, I have no business having feelings for a 31 year old, but we did, we do have a, we do have a, or I don't know, we did, we have a connection and um, we've hung out like four times. One of them was when I did shrooms with him. And the last time I was with him, it was, all I can say is that it was incredibly passionate and it felt really reciprocal. And then it's now it's become very quiet. And so what do I do? Um, I just try to go back on Tinder and get my mind off it. Um, cause yeah, I have no business uh, caring much about this. It's not, um, I don't know. It's hard not to, what can I say? I'm, I'm, uh, it's on my mind. That's for sure. So I'm trying to not have it be on my mind. So I'm, yeah, I get, I'm on Tinder. I was telling my girlfriend, um, Kira, you know, it's easy for, for us. I don't know. I think it's just in general, we're, we're lucky. I mean, we're fairly, my, you don't know my girlfriend Kira, but you know, I'd say we're attractive women. She's, I think she's 43. I'm 51. There is something, if you go at, to the lower ages, like um, mine, mine is now down to 28. I'm, I've got it down to 28 to 40. I don't even want to talk to anybody in their forties. I really don't even late thirties. I don't just because there's more like, I don't know. It's just easier. The guys that are like in their late twenties, early thirties, they just want to fool around. Obviously like I have no business having a relationship with a freaking 30 year old. So obvious, like it's really obvious, like why I'm 
you know, trying to match with that age. But anyways, I guess my point is, is that, um, you know, if one doesn't work out, we just match with somebody else. It's really easy. Like I'm, I match with people every single day. And like, I put a TikTok out about something about Tinder. It was sort of a joke about um, somebody that had matched with me. And once you like start sharing pictures back and forth, that you might all, all of a sudden see that they're actually not your type. And you're like, oh shit, like now he's got my number and we're sharing pictures. And I just realized he's totally not my type. So I was like, what do I do? So Kira said, tell him that he looks like your brother and you just can't do it. But see, the thing is, is that I'd already seen pictures of him, but not that many. So I told him that he looked, I was going to say my son, but that, that would have been weird because why would you have even made that first match if, you know, the kid looked like the kid, if the guy looked like your son. So I just told him that he looked, I said, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You look just like my nephew. <laughs> so, and he kind of bought it. Like he bought it. He's like, well, just meet me in person. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, there was just something about the whole vibe. He was writing back too fast. He was too, there was just a feeling of desperation, like, or just too eager. It was the eagerness. And it turns me off. I need them to be a little mysterious and not be available. And I don't know. I need that. I have to. I have to have a bit of a chase. If it's too easy, I lose interest so easily. I hate it. I hate that I can't be more interested in the guys that are giving me the interest. And that's what happened with this person that I'm you know, he actually kind of gave me more interest in the beginning and I wasn't all that interested. And then I got, I don't know, something happened. There was something clicked and, um, there was amazing chemistry. Like there was, it was, okay, what can I say? There was like chemistry, passion, like it was awesome. And I got all the feels and that's what fucked me up. Like I totally like let myself go there and that was stupid, but it was, it felt so good. So anyway, uh, I mean, God, you got the music playing and like, it's just straight up raw, not raw dog, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. but it is like, you know, raw passion. Like that's, there's nothing like it. It's such a high, it's such a drug and you just, you just want it again and again. So anyway, um, where am I going with all that? So this person, I said, yeah, that I, uh, yeah, he was too eager, too eager. And then I left him a voice memo and then he left me one back and just the way he talked, I didn't like it. I thought he was trying to sound too sexy and I'm just like, oh my God, why can't I just like be okay with this? But my whole point is, is that I put this thing on TikTok about this whole situation uh, and made it kind of funny. And, um, and anyway, somebody had written in the comments, wow, you're lucky. I've never matched with anybody on Tinder. And I'm like, oh my God, like that's a real reality for some people. Like they don't ever match. I can't even imagine. Like we, like I was telling Kira, I said, we're so fucking lucky, dude. Like we match with people all the time. And if it doesn't work out with somebody, we just keep going. I mean, it's like, there's, I don't, and I think it's so much easier for women than men. I think men have a really hard time. Um, especially if they're, you know, not, you know, well, I don't know. I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say, but I definitely have those that I pass. You know, I like hair, you know, if they're bald, I'm going left. I just am got to be in good shape. You know, there's got to, I don't know, they've got to have a good look. I mean, they got to be freaking cute. So I'm definitely going for guys that are probably, um, the ones that all the other girls want to. So, uh, but you know, I have a, um, I'm, <laughs> I market myself in a different way. I mean, they like, they like the older women. So it, it works, that works to my benefit, obviously. Okay. So, uh, yeah. What was I saying about that? I lost my, my track of mind here. My, or my, I lost my, where I was going with that. Oh, the dates to get my mind off, off this person. Yeah. So I, I match up with this guy. 
He's in Monterey. He's blondish, cute face, looks like a, somebody who hikes a lot. Um, looks like he's probably about like six foot to six two. Anyways, we get chatting back and forth and I, sometimes I get, feel like I'm chickening out a little bit. If they want to really meet me like right away, I'm like, I don't, then it's like, again, it's that balance. There has to be this really fine balance. It's this little dance that goes back and forth. And if they say one thing that's a little off to me, like too aggressive or like this one guy wrote to me, the first thing he writes to me, he just put choke me. Like, what do I even say to that? And he's this huge six, seven, extremely muscular guy. And I said, to be honest, you kind of scare me. And he said, why? Laugh out loud. Why? I said, because you're huge. You're like a superhero. And that stopped the conversation. He didn't have anything left to say to me. He hasn't unmatched me yet, but I think it's because I didn't go to that sexual side with him, which is just like, I, apparently he's got uh, clearly a huge ego and he can just have his opening line say, choke me which is like, what, I don't know, what guy wants to be choked? Is that like a thing that guys like too? I guess. And I'm not into that at all. That sounds fucking weird. So anyways, this guy, um, what was my point? He's like, yeah, like I thought six foot six, two, um, hiker type and lives in Monterey. Oh yeah. And I wasn't going to see him like it. Yeah. He was kind of pushing to try to see me that night. And so I wasn't going, I was it was like, I think I kind of said yes. And then I said, you know what? I got, I got cold feet because the next day was going to be the celebration of life for my kid's grandpa, my ex-father-in-law, my ex-husband's dad has passed away. And, um, he was a coach at Aptos High for many years. I, I can't talk about it really. Cause I'll start crying, but, um, Bill Warmer Dam is his name. And, and I, there we go. I can't, I just can't talk about it. But anyways, I was feeling pretty emotional the night before knowing that that day was coming. And I, I didn't know that I could really go be on a date. So I told him no. And then I thought, oh, why not? Like, and he was saying like, where's a good place to go near where you live? So I mentioned like, I mean, there's fucking what Applebee's. We have Cilantro's. It's another restaurant. I really honestly hate meeting at a bar. I hate it. I don't like it at all. I hate the awkwardness of feeling like it's a date. I really hate the meetup anyways. I hate meeting people for the first time. I like when something's already established. Like it's so much easier when you already know what you've gotten. You've met them before. There's already a vibe. And then you want to see them again because it's already done. Like you already know. So, but there is that just the anxiety of meeting somebody for the first time because they don't always add up to what their pictures are. So anyways, he kind of says, well, how about let's meet halfway? I said, okay, you know what? We can meet in Moss Landing. It's kind of this little small town in between Monterey and where I live, Watsonville. I said, we could meet, we could bring our own drink and we can meet in the parking lot of the Sea Harvest um, restaurant, which is right on the harbor. It's, you know, right by the ocean. And he said, I was thinking of the same place. And then I said, okay, cool. When do you want to meet there? Um, because I did change my mind and decided all of a sudden I needed to get my mind off this. And why not? Like, why not just go and meet somebody really fast? We seem to have somewhat of a vibe. So I, um, I, uh, get a text from him about a half an hour later and he says, you know what, to be honest, I am really tired right now. I, I just don't think I can make it that far. I'm like, oh, okay. And so I'm like, well, whatever. And then he said, I said, what did he say? He said, I don't even have his messages anymore. I said something. and Maybe I do. Hold on. Let's double check. Scroll way down. Did I keep it? No, I didn't. Did not. Okay. I don't have it. Um, so anyways, we, he decides that that's, he's too tired to do that. So, but he says, I'm 
torn now because I tell him, okay, well, I guess I won't meet you. And, he, and I said, well, why are you torn? He goes, because I really want to see you. He goes, I just really want that human, I think he said human affection. And I just want to chill or something. And I'm like, that actually sounds really nice. Like, and I'm like, but you know, you just, cause you have this mental image of what you think this person's going to look like and everything. And I'm like, I like how he said, I just want this human like touch or something touch. It was like, just wanted to be close to somebody to hang out or whatever. And, um, I was like, I like the way this guy thinks. So, um, who is this? I don't even know. Okay. So and I'm going to turn my phone off. Sorry. I, just, I don't know who that is. Anyway. Um, so I say, I give, I said, okay, well, do you want me to meet you at your place? I guess we can meet at your place. Do you have your own place? Like what's your deal? Do you have roommates or whatever? He goes, I live alone. I, he said, I live at Stevenson school. I don't know what that is, but I'm like, okay. So I look it up online and it looks like it's like Pacific Grove ish, but it looks more like it's like 17 mile drive. Pebble Beach-ish. That's what it looks like, Pebble Beach. So at my first, I think they might have a satellite office or something that's near like Cannery Row in Monterey. And so I, I'm, I'm talking to, I think I was talking to Joey or I think it was Joey. And I said, okay, this one's 31 miles away. I said, but this one's freaking 39 miles away. She's like, really? You're going to care about eight extra miles? Like who gives a shit? If you're already going to drive 31 miles, might as well drive another eight or whatever. So I'm like, that's true. So I tell him, okay, I'm on my way. My Oh no, it was, it was my girlfriend, Kira. She goes, go meet him. So I told him, I said, my girlfriend said, I need to go meet you right now. And he goes, tell your girlfriend, thank you. I'm like, okay. So I get in my car. It's really foggy this evening and it's already dark. And so I start heading out towards Monterey. I've got my GPS thing on and th oh, this story. Oh my God. So I get I'm one exit away from where I need to get off. And it is going to be, I'm going to be going on 17 mile drive for anybody who knows that area. It's, um, it's like Pebble beach. And so I'm on the freeway. I'm just passing the Del Monte center in Monterey. I'm on highway one. I'm in the fast lane. It's dark. It's misty. I've got my windshield wipers on out of fucking nowhere. There is a deer lane across my lane from tail to head right there out of nowhere. I don't even know who hit it. I don't know where it came from, anything. I hit my brakes, swerved to the right. I heard my front tire squeak, my front left tire squeak. I don't know how I did it. I did not. I might have run its ear over, but I definitely did not run its head over. I would have felt that. It didn't feel any bump scared the living shit out of me. Thank God there was nobody to the right of me. There was no one. I get off on my exit and I'm so discombobulated right now because imagine, imagine if I ran into that deer, it was huge. Like the damage that would have been done to my car, the accident that it would have caused my car, I would have either run it over and destroyed the underside of my car. It would have bashed in the front of my car. I could have hit other cars. So many things could have happened. I can't believe I missed it. I st it still blows my mind I, that I somehow was able to respond fast enough to get out of its way. I mean, it was taking up my entire lane. It was 
Oh, so, and I love deer. I mean, that alone made me feel sick to see it laying in the road. I don't know if it was suffering. I don't know if it was totally dead. I didn't see any other cars on the side of the road. I don't know how it got there. So I pull off on my exit and I pull over on the side of the road. Like I'm literally at like somebody's driveway. Cause I was just, I needed to, I was like shaking. So I call 911 and I say, look, there's, there's, I explain exactly where it was and there's a dead deer. And I'm thinking, holy shit. I hope no one else really honestly someone might have hit it I have no clue but like it really is awful to think that something else could have happened after after and I don't, I don't know but it, it it could have for sure so I was hoping that nothing would so I made the call and uh I, yeah god I hope that that was cleared you know um as soon as possible and no one hit it and destroyed their car or hit another car or anything you know I really I don't know I didn't see anything in the paper but it is weird that I didn't see a car on a car on the side of the freeway. Like it, I was like, what the? F it may have been hit on the other side of the freeway. There is a there is a divider, that's you know yay high. Like I don't know what two and a half feet, three feet high, probably three feet high. So it could have been jumping over and it got hit. I I fucking don't know. Anyway, super upsetting. So I'm trying to find my way to the 17 mile drive entrance. And I'm all discombobulated because they put a roundabout in, in this area now. And I, it, the thing's telling me, take the second exit on the roundabout. I'm like, I keep missing it. So I end up going back towards Del Monte Center. I do a big like loop on the freeway again. I'm like, oh my God, I'm back on the effing freeway. So I finally figure out how to get to some 17 mile drive entrance. So there's a park ranger in her little, you know, booth there. And I'm, I'm just going to follow the two cars in that she just waved in. So I just follow them and she yell, hey, she's yelling at me. I'm here to slam on my brake. I'm like, yeah. And she goes, um, you can't just go in. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I didn't know. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to tell her? He didn't pre prepare me for this. Like, I, what do I tell her? I'm going on a Tinder date. Like, I didn't know what to say. So I said, I'm going to see a friend in Stevenson house. And she goes, okay, well, you need to tell me that. She goes, is it a student or faculty? And I said, it's a friend. He works up there. He lives up there. And she said, okay. And then I said, then I tell her the deer story to try to get her on my side. And then all of a sudden she's super compassionate and really nice. And she said, somebody else had just come through that had just come from that direction and never mentioned it. She said, that's crazy. It must've just happened right after. So anyway, she lets me in and I'm following the directions and it's real dark in there. There's no street lights, And it's like, you're in Tahoe. Like it's, you know, it was this, I couldn't even find signs to the roads so it was like I was getting a little lost getting in there but it's, it was a good I don't know two miles in finally find you know and he tells me to turn down past the softball fields turn down this road go into the dirt parking lot and I'll meet you out there or something so and I finally find it I park and I'm looking around I'm like god damn this is like insanely nice like this is high-end boarding school for high school kids like insane and I've never heard of this place at all um so he, I'm filming it because I want to show Kira and he's, he's, he's walking up to my right and I put my phone down really fast because I'm talking as I'm filming and I'm saying, oh my God, check this place out. I hope, hopefully he didn't hear me or see me, but because it was kind of dark out there, but I just put my phone down really fast. I'm like, oh, hi, 5'8", oh, 5'8", for sure. Like, I'm like, oh my fucking God, are you kidding me? So I know right away, not my type. Not at all. And not only is he 5'8", but he's like a smaller 5'8". Like he's like a small man. Never, ever would have turned my head in normal life at all. But what do I do? So like he gives me a hug and there was like this really strange 
where I think he tried to kiss me, but I just kind of turned my, I turned my head all the way and I, I decided to point at something like, what is that over there? Like, I just was like, what, what the fuck is happening? So I follow him over to his place. He's got a really nice, um, like one bedroom, I assume I didn't check the bedrooms, but I was just in the front living room with him. He has like a leather recliner and then a couch. So he sits down on the couch. I plopped down on the recliner. Like, I'm not going to sit with you on the couch. Like, I don't even know you. And I did decide to go because I felt like it would be safe because he's a teacher. He's also at this really swanky private school and he's also a coach there. So I was like, yeah, this guy's not going to kill me. So I might as well just go hang out with him. I brought my drink in like a, um, it was just like a little bit of like this, it's called, it's this iced tea. Um, it's almost like a, um, oh, I don't know. Uh, like a Long Island iced tea, but I watered it down with some ice and stuff. It was just a little bit. It was just to like take the edge off. But I had brought that in like my kids, like one of those little, you know, twist cap. It's not like the kitty kind, but it's like a, it's probably for coffee or whatever. So I had it in there. He never offered me anything, water, nothing. So he's, he's wearing um, like beige, a beige t-shirt with some kind of like stripe and it looked a little like it, I don't know. It was just, it looked a little gay. I don't know. It did. And then like beige shorts. So he was wearing skin colored shirt and shorts, like, I don't like boring. And, um, he looked like, and he, by the way, he'll never know about any of this because yeah, I don't, I didn't tell him anything about me. Uh, I did tell him my name was Jennifer and I did talk about the warmer dam connection and what was happening the following day with the celebration of life. And he does know about Aptos high, but I don't think that he could even find me. But anyways, um, so yeah, he looked like exactly like, and I know this won't help you at all, but he looked exactly like the Aptos junior high principal, Dr. Mansfield. And I know no one knows who that is, but he just did. He was like a blonde guy with a blonde beard, kind of like maybe just a tinge darker than just blonde. And he, um, Oh, Sky, what are you doing? I've got a piss pad on the carpet because Sky, even though he can totally go outside, actually my door's shut right now. I guess he can't. My cat is a nightmare. He pees and poos everywhere. So I have to put pee pads down so he doesn't pee on the couch. And I've got pee and poo, well, the pee pads down on the, at night, I have to put it downstairs. There's certain spots where, where he will shit on the hardwood. And I know I can just wipe it up, but it's so much easier if it's on a pee pad. He's a nightmare. Uh, this whole litter box thing with him is just a freaking nightmare. And he'll go outside in the dirt, but he does not like litter boxes. I don't know. I think he just has an aversion to the box itself. So anyways, um, we talk. I don't know why I do this, but I always feel like I need to give it like an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, and on the way over there, he texts me and he says, do I need to go get condoms or do you have any? And I'm like, Okay. So this is the thing. I don't like talking about this shit before you meet somebody because it just, it's so awkward, right? When you meet them and then there's not that vibe and you're like, I really wish we had never talked about that because your penis is not getting anywhere near my vagina. I'm sorry. So I write back to him and I said, and it really, honestly, like the guy doesn't live, he's like 10 minutes from any store. So I can get why he's asking, but also if you don't have condoms, then you're probably not getting laid. Like that's, that's what I think right away. I'm like, okay, you're not prepared. So obviously you're not getting any action, which means 
mm, where are you on the ranking of like Tinder dudes? You know, I don't know. Like that's a turnoff to me. I want a guy that's getting some action because he's got game and that's sexy to me. So anyways, he doesn't have any. I said, look, if IF, capital IF, there is a vibe, I have one. But like, I'm just throwing that out there. Like, I don't know. It really, it's, it's very unusual for there to be this instant, like, yeah, I want you. So I knew right away I did not. And so we sat and talked and talked and talked. I mean, he could talk, he could have a conversation, but it's all about just who gives a shit stuff. You know, I don't know, talking about like high school kids and sports and, you know, different sports programs and like, right. I mean, I I was exhausted. Like it's mentally exhausting to go through all this conversation, but what are you going to do? You're sitting in their house. Oh, and he has top gun playing on this big screen right there. And what starts playing like within 10 minutes of us talking, take my breath away. And Tom Cruise and that chick are like in black silhouette. He's climbing on top of her. He's like licking her mouth. I mean, whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> like, this is so fucking awkward. Oh my God. I'm like, oh, Top Gun. And he goes, oh yeah, I'm going to go see uh, Top Gun. Of course, there's a new Top Gun out. Um, but I had never seen the original, probably because he wasn't born yet. And I did I mention he's 31 and looked 41? That was the other thing. Like, I don't know that I believe his age, but whatever. Um, and he, um, he's like, yeah, so I wanted to watch it before I saw the movie. And I'm thinking, you did not. You just fucking wanted to have that movie on so you could have this song playing so you'd think it would like turn me on or something. I mean, maybe not, but it did feel very planned. So I, um, <laughs> I, I think at some point I said, you know what, it's like an hour and 15 minutes and I'm like, you know what, I should get going. Like I've got a big day tomorrow and I really, I should get going. So we're walking out and of course I'm noticing Okay, so I'm older. That's one thing. I'm taller. I don't. I need there to be some kind of balance. You either have to be taller than me, or we've got to be closer in age. Because I, I just already feel like I'm overpowering because of my age and my height. It's just, it's too much mentally for me. It doesn't do anything for me. I feel like a big lady, and I feel like an old lady next to a little guy who's younger than me. Like this is not doesn't help me at all with my, you know, attraction to him, not his fault. That's just the way it is. So I wasn't into him. So we get to my car and I go to give him a hug goodbye. I have my door open and he goes for the kiss. I'm like, Oh, all right. So I like start kissing him and it's turning into a makeout and his hands are traveling so fast. Like I'd say within a minute, he's already brushed his hand over my crotch. Like, okay. And then his hands up under my shirt in the back, touching my bare back. And then he brings it around the front and like touches my boob over my, you know, sports bra or whatever I had on. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like I, like one hand I literally had on the, I had my door open and I was standing in my door frame and I had my arm on the car kind of helping me like be shorter. Like, so I had some support so I could be more of his height. And my other hand was like back around his I don't know, back and like holding onto the back of his neck sort of, but I wasn't, it's like, I didn't even want to touch him because it felt like I was kissing somebody that I just walked to, I walked up to and saw at the mall. That's what it felt like. It felt like I was kissing a complete stranger that I did not have any chemistry with. It felt so awkward. And so he keeps kissing me and it's really sad, but like there was this really slight hint of a bad taste in his mouth somewhere. It was very slight, but I did taste it. And it's just, you know, when all these other things are not feeling right, 
that didn't help. So I'm just like, oh my God. So I, I give him whatever, like a f- couple minutes of kissing. And he goes, he says something like, just come back inside. Just come, just 10 minutes. I said, no, 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 no. Like, I'm not going. Cause obviously that's what you, you're already like, you know, putting your hands all over me out here. Like, you think I'm going to go back in there so you can try to pull my clothes off? Like, I don't want to do that. So I said, no, 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 no. So I slowly start backing into my seat to sit down and he's like climbing in my seat. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm like, Jesus. And he says, do you want me to stop? And I go, yes, please. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just, he goes, just 10 minutes, just 10 minutes. I'm like, uh, yeah. So what you can try to like have sex with me for 10 minutes. Like, no, like, I don't, I don't want this. So I tell him like, it was really nice meeting you. Finally somehow got myself away and, um, I shut the door and I drive off and it's like, just that, oh, that feeling like, oh my God, oh, I just want that all to go away. I didn't want that to happen. And then I get a text from him before I've even left this 17 mile drive area. And he says, fuck, you turned me on so much. And I'm like, Oh, like, I don't know. Like, you just did not get that I was not into this at all. And I felt really bad because I didn't know what to say. And I thought, well, he knows I'm driving. So I'm not going to say anything till I get home. And then I got home and I just didn't say anything. I do feel bad about these times where I am ghosting somebody or just not replying at all. I do. It does bother me. I don't because I don't like it done to me. And I know it leaves me spinning sometimes like what the fuck did I do? Like, why aren't they writing anything? And so obviously he's getting that back. But then part of me is like, you know, it was really inappropriate how he did that. And I didn't like it. And I, I mean, I did give him back a little bit of kissing, but I wasn't that passionate. I was really just trying to get away. And so the next morning I got up and I just couldn't. I just couldn't. I didn't have it in me to write anything back. I didn't even, I didn't want to. I didn't want to start a conversation because I just didn't feel it. Plus, oh, I had the excuse of the celebration of life that day that that was going to basically take up my entire day. And I knew that he would know that. And so like, he would probably think she's very busy with that. And then the next day came around and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to say anything now. So I waited, I think two more days and then I unmatched him on Tinder. I know it hurts. It's like ripping a bandaid off. It really does feel bad. And it probably makes them feel I've seen people unmatch me and it's like, Oh, and yeah, you feel a little shitty for a second. So I don't like doing it. But there was no point in staying connected. It gives him hope that there was going to be something more and there wasn't. And um, so yeah, that was my Tinder date for this week. Um, I don't know that I ever really talked about and, um, oh, 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 wait, there was one other thing I wanted to say. Um, or, or no, I'm getting confused now. Um, never mind. Okay. So, well, kind of, I mean, there's, yeah, I talk about too many guys. <laughs> I don't know if that's fun or not, but yeah, no, I'm not going to say, um, I don't think so. Cause I, t- I brought up somebody back in like November that really crushed me. I'll just say that. And they work at one of the schools. He really crushed me. Like he came on to me and we had a great, like almost over a week together hanging out. It did end up and end in one night of passion. And then he got spooked. Um, and because he had been married for a really, really long time it was the first person that he'd been with in like 27 years. And so anyways, that broke my heart. Really. I was really bummed that that didn't go anywhere. And then he saw me recently and texted me and said, I just saw you walk by my car. I'm like, Oh, Hey, how are you? And then two days later, Hey, I'd really like to see you. Really? (laughs) Really? So I said yes, 
but then his options for what to do, well, he doesn't drink, and he's older than me, and I'm like, I've been really busy with meeting younger guys since I saw him last. Like my whole dating world has really changed, and I'm not feeling this like older serious guy vibe. I just am not, and a guy that doesn't drink and have fun. Like I'm doing shrooms, I'm I'm drinking a little bit here and there, you know. I it, he's too straight and narrow for me. And, um, I don't know at at some point, some guys after you're with them, they almost look like a brother. And so anyways, I got a ton of anxiety because I told him yes, but I was having like these feelings, um, for this other person that I had that really passionate night with. And so I just finally told him like literally like two days before we were supposed to meet, I said, you know, I have to tell you, like, I'm in a weird place right now. And I don't think it's right for me to, like, get involved with somebody else. I kind of made it up because I'm not involved with this other person. But I just kind of used it as an excuse and just said I'm just not in the right place. And I'm really sorry. I said I didn't expect you to ask me out. And I kind of just said yes because it was so unexpected. But the more I've thought about it, like, I don't think it's the right time right now. And he just said, okay, no problem. Like, thanks for letting me know. And I'll see you around. And yeah. So in a way that felt it felt like a relief to like, to like, let that go. But I, he, I, I felt so bad about how that ended. And I don't think he knows that. I don't think he knows how bad it made me feel, but it did. I really, really liked him. And so there was some kind of like satisfaction in coming back to him and saying, you can't have me. I'm sorry. You know, kind of felt good, honestly. Um, so, um, <laughs> there was that too. Um, I'm such a meanie. Anyway, so many, um, so many boy stories. My gosh. Um, okay. So yeah, maybe I'll do the, um, the, the one on HIV anxiety next. I feel like it's going to be so boring. That's why I keep putting it off. Cause I just like, I just like to talk about Tinder. <laughs> it's so fun and entertaining. So anyways, well, I'm going to cut this one short and, uh, thanks for listening you guys. And, um, yeah, I just want to, um, I just want to say, uh, that I hope my um, kid's grandpa is resting comfortably. We miss him a whole lot. It's been a big blow to our family and um, and my ex-husband. Um, his dad is a legend in this area. He's loved by so many. And um, I'll be putting his celebration of life. It's all the speeches that all the coaches and past players, um, I think it was mostly coaches, um, made about him and he was such a big presence it's like I kind of wish I'd heard all these speeches before he died so I could have you know talked to him about some of this stuff I wasn't there for these times you know I wasn't I didn't go to school over here I just know it through uh Chris and you know hearing stories from people that know him and uh when I worked pharmaceutical sales in this area, I was like seeing so many offices, so many doctors and I'd hand them my card and it said Jennifer Warmerdam. And I can't tell you how many offices I'd go to and they'd say, are you related to Bill Warmerdam? It was like, I'd get this all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I'm married to his son, Chris. And, um, so it, it felt, he feels like a, it feels like a local celebrity is, is, has gone. And of course that's my kid's grandpa and they loved him so much and it, um, it's just hard. It's hard when you lose, you know, such a big presence. So, um, but it's been really healing for the family on top of it. Like it's brought us together and 
in some really really amazing ways. I had I've had beef with Chris's oldest sister since before our divorce because she knew there was problems and it just, of course she's going to take her brother's side. We've been honestly incredibly nasty to each other through texting. And um I took it upon myself to like do some social media posts through this Aptosia site. I didn't expect to talk to about this, but I'm just going to. So there was on we have this there's an Instagram site called Aptosia and it's basically related to the town Aptos where you know, my kids have gone to school. It's where Bill raised all of his kids. And um, there's like 20,000 members on there. So I wrote a post about Bill passing away. And, you know, I tried to make it not emotional because he wasn't my dad. But I felt like I should do that because they didn't, none of them really have any kind of social media, his his sisters and Chris. And um, I guess his sister told Chris that she was really appreciative of all that I'd been doing to get everything organized for the celebration of life. Cause I've been in contact with like, um, the athletic director at Aptos high. That's where Bill's gym is. He's got his gym is named after him, which is my kid's last name. And, um, so, um, we, we, um, I knew she was going to be there and she just, told Chris that everything's forgotten and so I knew I had to go say hi to her and I was before I even knew that because Joey Joey had known the night before that her daughter told Joey because they were putting these poster boards together with all these photos from the past which I, I was included in a bunch of them which is you know I'm not married to Chris anymore but they still included me as, of course, because I made three of these kids in this family. And, um, the daughter of this sister told Joey, my mom and I appreciate everything your mom has done so much. And so I knew it was safe to go up to Chris's oldest sister. She's like 10 years older than him. And give her a hug. She was sitting down. I haven't, I haven't had a conversation with her since probably 2007 and I went up and I hugged her we both cried she said everything's in the past everything's in the past I said yes I'm perfect let's just move forward it was really you don't know when you have something with somebody that's been you know, you hate this person. Whenever their name comes up, you hate them. You hate them. You hate them. You fucking, they're the worst person ever, right? And Chris would always defend me. He'll always take my side, even over his sisters. It's, his relationship with her has been really rocky too, but I don't know. Everything melted away in that moment. I just told her I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> and, um, I was able to talk to her. I, I was able to talk to her after. Um, I just, it's just, I think this is important to talk about forgiveness and it really has to be the right timing because I don't know any other way this would have happened, but it was like, felt super safe to come up to her and give her a hug and we hugged like it was a genuine, like, let's let this shit go because we had said some really awful things to each other. I, She said something nasty about me having HIV and I said something nasty about her not being able to have her own kids because she's adopted all her kids. I was so pissed. I mean, it was like really ugly. And um, anyways, I was able to tell her at Chris's mom's house because we all went there after, which was like the first time I've been around all of them, like 
that sister I have avoided for 15 years. We were all there at the house together. And I know it meant so much to Chris's mom to see that we were all okay. And, you know, it's really Chris and the kids. Our unit of five is a really strong unit. And I think it's really good for her to see where Chris and I have where we are now because we are a super solid five you know the five of us um but he's like my friend you know he's like I've talked about this before but anyways I gave her a hug goodbye and she looked me right in the eyes very smiley and I said you know I said please come to Owen's games I said you're more than welcome get a cozy chair and please come to his games and so I think that you know these things will be happening and it will change and it's just you know life is just so fucking short life's too short to be hating people and to have all this anger so I feel like really light about this new you know this that that ended it's like it's an amazing feeling really because I felt like for a long time she might have been stalking my social media and like saying nasty shit to me I don't know there's lots of people that say nasty shit to me but I always kind of sometimes would think it was her or her kids and it may have been, I really don't know for sure. I'll never know who, who says what to me, but cause people are really, you know, <laughs> anonymous when they say mean shit. So anyways, yeah, it was, um, very healing. And I know it meant a lot to Chris, even though he'll never say anything. He's just like, you don't have to, you know, don't worry after this day's over and everything can go back, not go back to the way it was, but he's like, don't put any pressure on yourself to like have to be like best friends or anything, but he was, I'm sure it, it's good for him too. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a rough um, two weeks since this um, passing and this and these speeches by the way I don't know if anybody wants to watch them they're all going to be on my YouTube channel in about um, another five days or so so I need to get I had to have the tapes I actually had to film I had to film on a little tiny camcorder with little tiny tapes with actual tape inside I had to find a guy uh, to transfer it all you have to use this video capture software that it didn't have so he had to transfer it all to it's two hours worth of speeches um to uh, a, a mad you know one of those sticks um I was gonna say magic stick no that's a that's a dirty song that's a dirty rap song um <laughs> um a little Kim um no one of those little I don't know thumb drives whatever so um I'm gonna put it on some editing software and maybe just add a few things and then I'll be throwing that up on my YouTube channel. So um, that will be available for probably more local people that are interested in hearing what people had to say about Bill. The speeches were really, really so thoughtful and amazing. And one thing I will say, say that somebody told this story about how back in they were, they were, I think they were on the team. Um, Bill was a basketball coach. Um, and this was back in the 70s. And I guess wherever they traveled to, the school said there was two guys on the Aptos team that had long hair and mustaches. And the coach on the other team said, we'll play you, um, but not with those two hippies on the team. We're not going to play with those two guys on the team. And Bill told his team to get on the bus. He said, we're leaving. And that's the kind of guy he was. He's like, fuck that. You either play with our players, you don't play with us at all. So he, he had his whole team get back on the bus and not play. And, um, you know, Bill was inducted to the, um, Aptos Hall of Fame, um, Sports Hall of Fame. The very first year they did it was 2002. And Chris and I went there with Joey. She was just um, not even two years old yet. And Trent Dilfer from the 49ers was inducted that night. There was 10 people. Chris was just recently inducted. I think I've talked about it. He was inducted for his 
for what he did during the time while he was playing at Aptos High. He was, when he was, I know his dad was the coach, but when Chris was a sophomore, he was on the varsity team because he was, I think he was even on the varsity team when he was a freshman. He was just amazing. He was one of their starter players. And so he got recognized this year. And thank God Bill made it to that dinner and he died two weeks later. And that dinner was postponed by two years because of COVID. So it's just like, it feels like everything happened how it was supposed to. But anyways, um... Bill, when Bill was inducted, he got to choose who he wanted to give his, like, they have somebody come up and they didn't do it for Chris's, but for the original one, for Bill, they had somebody come up and read, you know, they kind of introduced them, but they could give kind of like a speech about that person. And Bill chose Bobby Salazar, who was the custodian at Aptos High. <laughs> Because he wanted him to get that recognition. Bobby was in all the games. Bobby passed away about two years ago. So we know that they're together right now. But that's the kind of guy Bill was. Like he wanted the custodian to induct him. But that's, goddammit, that's what happened. Bobby is getting um, a lower field named after him. That's like he was there for years and years and years. Bobby Salazar. So so much history. I'm so, um, and I, oh, I spoke too. So I'm on that video. I went up to support Chris while he spoke. He was the first speaker. And then I just decided in the moment I had a story I wanted to tell. And I basically just said, because most of you probably won't go to this video, but I basically just said, look, I just wanted to say really quickly that when I met Chris, I remember him taking me to his parents' house. And this is like, I said, this was like 95, 96. And I said, you know, I remember his dad pulling out all the newspaper articles about when they had gone to the state finals. Cause that was his team. Chris was on that team. They went, that's a, it's a big fucking deal. Like they went all the way to the state finals. Aptos High did. They didn't win it, but they got, they got all the way down there. And so, um, Bill just, I remember he was so proud of like that and Chris. And I like, I didn't get the enormity of it at all because I didn't grow up in this area. I really don't follow high school sports. So I didn't really get, it. I was like, Oh, cool. You know? And I see that he's all over the newspaper, but he was so cute. I remember him just kind of throwing, I can still see his hands, like picking up newspapers and they're folded nicely. And he's look at this one, look at this one. And I'm like, cool. Then I find out there's a gym named after them. And I told this in my little speech and I said, um, I wanted to go see it. Cause I was like, there's a, there's a gym with your last name on it. Like I'm like, and Chris and I had just you know, we, we were new to dating, but we were definitely like together. And so Chris is really humble about this. And I was just like, wow, I want to go see it. So we drive up to Aptos High and there's this gym, Warmer Dam Gymnasium in big letters. And I'm like, holy shit. So I'm thinking, and I say this in my speech, I'm thinking, <laughs> I really like this guy. He's really cute. And my God, if we ever have kids, I want them to come to school here. And I said, you know, my my dream has come true. You know, my kids are here. I made three amazing warmer dams and I couldn't be more proud of them being a part of this family, you know? And, um, and that last name, it's really, um, it's a legendary last name. And, um, I'm, it's very exciting to see our son up there playing, um, as a warmer dam, you know, and, uh, people respected his grandpa so much. And I know they, they really like Owen. Owen's such a nice kid and he's just like his dad. He's, they're just really nice people, you know, and they just are serious about their playing sports and, and, um, yeah, they're, they're good people. So yeah, Owen's a lot like his dad. 
<sighs> okay, I'm gonna, I've got snot running down my face, so, <laughs> okay, well, I stretched this, I stretched it, <laughs> almost to an hour, okay, guys, have a great, uh, what is this, the first week of June, summertime, and uh, I'm gonna go wipe my face off now, all right, have a good one, thanks for listening to my stories, until next time, bye-bye. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys.